Welcome to Ancient Roots, Modern Paths, exploring Orisha and Ifa wisdom. This captivating podcast will take you on a transformative journey where ancient wisdom meets modern practice. I am your host, Ianifa Ekundayo Ekuntomisin. I'm a devoted student of the West African Yoruba spiritual tradition. Join me on a journey that blends ancient wisdom with modern practice. We'll delve into the sacred teachings that have guided generations for millennia. We'll uncover insights and practices to guide and shape your life path. Subscribe now and join our secret community as we unlock and apply the profound wisdom of Orisha and Ifa to everyday living. Aikabo, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so glad to have you here today. Hope that wherever you are, you're having a wonderful day. Uh, you've been taking care of your Ori. Uh, if you've not been taking care of your Ori and you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, make sure you jump on our website, ifadestiny.com. We have a really fantastic and now expanded class or course on Ori, how to take care of Ori, how to understand the purpose and the power of Ori. So I invite you to do that. So in my last podcast, I was taught, last two podcasts, I was talking about who can initiate you. That was one podcast. And then the other was, you know, basically, can we really self-initiate ourselves? And I was thinking, I've been studying and, and reading Oduifa, and I've been thinking a lot about the question and what's another way that I could talk about this whole idea of self-initiating yourself. And it occurs to me that it some of this idea that has come into this tradition it's it's from outside traditions it is not internal to the tradition but some of it is based also on maybe a sense of having profound um confidence in our internal gifts the our gifts of clairvoyance clairaudience clairsentience so those gifts that we we have and how those gifts might be really leading us to believe that in this tradition, there are certain things that we can know or we can do more, more effectively what, what we can do when we talk about self-initiating ourselves. And so I found um, an Odui Fa that, uh, and a great story, a great Itan, a great story about, that made me think a lot about this idea of self-initiating. So in a time long, long ago, there were there was a king and a prince and he the king uh, was going about his day one day and he was thinking about how in his kingdom there were these six clairvoyants that were basically saying oh, we're more powerful than any babalao and the king was walking along and out of the blue two birds fell dead at his feet just out of the blue ah he kind of jumped back and looked, and he found it very puzzling, and he thought, hmm, that's a very odd thing to happen. He picked up both of the birds, and he put them in a calabash. He covered the calabash. At the same time, further in the palace, one of his sons, the prince, was walking along near a fence, and suddenly this gigantic snake made its way over the fence and tried to attack the prince, and the prince had a, the wherewithal to grab an implement and chop off the head. He killed the snake. And he too stood there puzzled. What, what is the meaning of this? He took the snake and he put it into a calabash and he covered it over. And he went and he took it to his father and he was saying, Father, 
I just was standing by this fence and this gigantic snake came. I killed it. I put it in this calabash. And his father looked at him and the father, the king, looked at him and said, Ah, my son, this is very, this is very unusual. And he explained to his son what had happened to him with these birds. And the father thought about it. The king thought about it. He thought, this is not a coincidence. This is, there's something more here than just these animals having died at my feet and died at my son's feet. And so the king thought and he said, you know, some, he told one of his messengers, go bring all the clairvoyants. And so the six clairvoyants, the messenger ran to tell the six clairvoyants. And the king looked at another messenger and said, go get the babalaos. And so there were three babalaos who were notified that they were all to immediately come to the king's palace. And so they did. And as they came in, the clairvoyants came in and they were so excited to be invited to the palace and to be able to demonstrate their talents to the king. And the Babalaos, though, before, before they made their travels, they sat and they consulted Ifa to find out what they may need to do before they travel to the palace. And so they sat, they consulted Ifa together, and Ifa gave them very explicit directions. Ifa said to give the king the exact messages that were going to come during the divination. And so with that, the Babalaos, they packed up all of their, their opueles and their, 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 all of their spiritual implements, and they too walked to the palace. And as they came into the, the open air, open area, the palace, they see on these two stands, they see a calabash, one calabash, they see a second calabash. And the clairvoyants were already seated and they were kind of mocking the babalaos as the babalaos came in. They greeted the king, and they greeted the king uh, and they proceeded to go and sit in their assigned place. And the Oba addressed the audience and he told them all about these, these, uh, the reason for having people, having the clairvoyants and the babalaos to come. And he said, you know, he wanted the clairvoyants to start first and he wanted them to explain what was in the calabash. Oh, the clairvoyants, they looked at each other and they, they twittered and carried on and they just said, oh, in the first calabash, there's two dead birds. In the second calabash, there's a dead snake. And that's it. It's just two animals. It's just these animals and these in the calabash and there's nothing more to be worried about. There's everything is fine. And the Babalaos, they, they looked at each other and they took out their opuele and they sat, and they cast opuele, and the odu obara ofun, odu ifa obara ofun came. And they told the, the king, yes, king, oba, yes, the clairvoyants, they are correct. What is in the calabash are two birds and two snakes. But king, we have to give you ifa's messages, and ifa's messages say this, that in seven days' time, the prince will be dead unless, unless Ebo is performed to save his life. And the Ebo must be done immediately. Oba, I, we plead you that Ebo must be done immediately. And the king kind of looked at them 
and the Babalao sat down and the king sort of sat and thought about it. And he said, Ah, yes, they're both right. The clairvoyants are correct. There are two birds and one snake dead in both of these calabashes. The Babalawas are correct as well. He said, so, he said, but, you know, I'm not even going to think about the stuff that Ifa says. I'm not even going to worry about these ebos. Ah, ah, the Babalao looked at each other. They were mortified. But, oh, bah, kai it's so important. You must do the ebo to save your son's life. Ah, the king waved everyone off, and, and off they went. But, 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 oh, bah, we beseech you, please make the ebo. The king said no, and so the Babalawa said, at the very least, let us set a time seven days from now to return. And so when all this is going on, the clairvoyants, they're, they're just jubilant. They're so happy that the king basically believes them and that the stuff about Ifa, it has no bearing. No ebos, none of that is not necessary because the clairvoyants never said anything about the prince was going to meet with his demise, untimely demise. And so, but there was a decision to have a time when everyone would return seven days from that day. And so no ebo was done. The Babalaos went away. The clairvoyants, they went out into the streets. Ha ha, we're so much better than those Babalao. Those Babalao don't need so. They don't know so much. They, they make up all these stuff. They don't know anything. So they carried on. They ridiculed the Babalao. And everything was going along smoothly. And at one, one in the morning on the seventh day, the messengers came to the king's to the king's door. Baba, Oba, 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 the prince, he is sick. Oba, the prince, he is dead. <gasps> ah! The king was so mortified and grief-stricken. On the seventh day, early in the morning that seventh day, his son was dead. He was so angry and so grief-stricken. He demanded that that the messengers, the people who are caring for his son's body, that they take parts of his body, his fingernails, and, and take them and cook them into food that only the babalaos and the clairvoyants would eat. The king, you see, the king was so grief-stricken and so angry that the message that he was given had not been adhered to to save his son he decided to have one more test. He had the fingernails of his son cooked in this food, and he said to everyone in the palace, do not eat any of that food. That food is only for the clairvoyants and the babalao. No one else will be able to eat that food. And the messengers were sent out to tell the clairvoyants, ah, it's the seventh day. No one had made the announcement that the prince was dead. It went to the, each of the clairvoyants' house, ah, it's the seventh day. The king wants you to come back. Oh, they were so jubilant. They ran through the streets. They saw the babalao gathering and they made fun of them. They mocked them some more. The babalaos were standing there talking to the messenger who said, the king wants you to come back today. And the babalao said, okay. And the Babalaos, instead of traveling, they went and they sat and they did consultation with Ifa. They performed divination. And Ifa's message came back and said, If you are offered food and drink while you are at the castle, do not eat where you're at the, the kingdom, at the king's house, do not eat anything. Do not drink anything. So they the, the Babalaos they went to they traveled to the king's palace. 
and the the servants came out with all of this food and drink and the clairvoyants were so excited they were getting free food and they felt so so emboldened and they started eating this food with great gusto and they mocked the babalaos that they saw because the babalaos sat there and refused all the food no we are we are fine we do not want any of the food the servants went and told the king ah kaibiesi the babalaos will not eat they said Ifa said for them not to eat or drink. The king just nodded. The king, later he came out into the palace grounds where the, everyone was feasting, and he noticed the Babalaos had not eaten. And so the king came and he, he, stood, he stood at his appointed place. He sat in his chair. Everyone was talking, but no one knew that the prince was dead. And so the king came and he looked at and talked to the clairvoyants because the clairvoyants were so excited that they had, they had, you know, they had done their duty and, and the king had listened to them essentially. And the king said to them, he said, uh, to the clairvoyants, he said, what are you eating? Oh, King, we are eating all of this good food. We thank you so much. The food was so wonderful. He said, what type of food are you eating? What is special about this food? Oh, it is so delicious. Compliments to the people who cooked it. It's so wonderful. And the king looked at them and he said, they could tell by his face there was a problem. The king looked at him. He said, my son, the prince is dead and you were eating his fingernails in your food. The clairvoyants were shocked. They hung their heads in shame. The king then turned to the Babalaos and he apologized to Ifa and he asked the Babalaos to please consult Ifa to find out what other, what other ajagoons, what other negative spirits must be wiped away so that no more chaos or confusion or premature death would be witnessed upon his kingdom, his palace. He ordered the clairvoyants to be put in jail because he did not know what they would do, he would do with them at that moment. But each of the Babalaos, they were like, oh, we're, we're so sorry. But the Babalaos knew because Ifa had said that it was so important to perform Ebo. And they said, yes, the clairvoyants were correct. They didn't know what was inside of the inside of the calabash, but the clairvoyants only know how to identify things on the surface. The clairvoyants do not have the power of Ifa. Clairvoyants cannot, they can see, but they cannot prevent or they cannot manifest. And so in this story from Obara Ohum, we see that it is important to recognize that the words of Ifa do not fall to the floor, that many of us have spiritual gifts of all kinds. Often those gifts allow us to mostly to see. They do not allow us and they do not offer us the opportunity to help to stop or to rectify something that may be happening in someone's life. So I take this story, and this Itan is very instrumental 
Because sometimes we're, we go for divination from Yanifa or Babalao, and it comes back that there, is, there are particular ebos that we must perform. And, and sometimes we don't really even understand the ebos, the sacrifice that is to be performed. We might know when, an, when the cost comes, we're like, oh, it's too much, $200 is too much, or $300 is too much. But in this itan, I hope that you understand and recognize that we, by our own will, cannot stop things from happening that Ifa has seen that will happen or transpire in our lives. And that goes for both the ajaguns, the negativities of life, as well as the ire, the positive things in life. When Ifa says that it is important to make, to, to not just do divination, but when Ifa said it's important to do ebo, I hope that you see from this, uh, from this odu uh, Ifa, that performing Ebo is critical because Ifa sees the past, the present, and the future. And while clairvoyance, or those of us with those magical gifts of clairvoyance, audio, audio, uh, clairsentient, clairaudient, and others, our ability to see does not have anything to do with our ability to stop or to change or to interrupt uh, something that might be coming, something like in this in this case of this story, the death of the prince. There was a very special, very specific ebo to be done to preserve his life. So when we go and we think about self-initiation, I want you to think about this story, that if you're someone or you know of someone who says, ah, I can self-initiate myself to Orisha, or I can self-initiate myself to Ifa, or if someone calls you, sends you a, a Facebook or Instagram message and says, I can, I can initiate you to Ifa over the, over the, over the, um, over the, uh, over technology. It isn't true. It is not possible. There are special rituals to be done. There are ebos to be done. And the same with initiation. There are ebos to be done at the beginning of the initiation, sometimes, well, in the midst of the initiation and after the initiation. So to clean up and clear out any karmic energies, any energies that are blocking your your forward progress, you may have generational energies that need to be cleaned up as I have had. And so the bottom line is, is that it is important for you to know that self-initiation is not possible in this tradition, in this lineage, that our our spiritual gifts, um, that if we are told that there is Ebo required, that our spiritual gifts are not sufficient enough to, to adjust or change or impact the, the outcome that Ifa sees. As in this, Itan demonstrates, it is so important to make sure you follow through your Ebos, follow the guidance and instruction given by the Ianifa or Babalao in your life, because it is Sometimes just that. It is your life. It may be your life. It may be your spouse. It may be your children. It may be your prosperity. It may be your health. It may be, it may be your profession. It may be many, many, many things. When Ifa says you must perform Ebo, it is important to perform the Ebo. And know that it could be seven days time. It could be 77 days time. We never know when the efficacy of the Ebo trend takes place. But what we should know is Ifa's words never fall to the floor. And all of the blessings and gifts that we are to receive, they will come in due time. Or the protection is necessary, it will come. So I hope you find this story um, impactful and meaningful. 
and that it helps you understand the power and in Ifa and the importance of following through on our spiritual commitments and obligations. If you've enjoyed this this podcast today, share it with a friend. Let someone know about it. I'm really excited that the number of people who are downloading the podcast, who are shooting me, you know, sending me messages that say, hey, I've really enjoyed the podcast. It's really my pleasure to do it. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy I enjoy thinking about um, and and kind of re, re re reimagining some of the things that I experienced and some of the things that other people inside of our Elay are experiencing and and share those as stories to help all of us move forward. This tradition is a tradition of self development, self discovery, self expansion, um, and love. I think that is something that often gets missed. This tradition is a tradition of love and light. Um, and becoming. So I hope you enjoy it. Please share it with a friend until I until you we all join again. Odabo. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on the Ancient Roots Modern Paths Exploring Orisha and Ifa Wisdom Podcast. To learn more about this tradition, join our community at www.ifadestiny.com. Join us to explore and grow together on this spiritual journey. Please subscribe, like, share, and invite others to hear and participate in our podcast as we spread the wisdom of Orisha and Ifa across the globe.